Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life. This is a program of the International Discipleship Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org to learn more about our work in over 40 countries. You can also find us through the links at breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll learn about our missions fellowship. We meet Sundays for worship at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise, Idaho. Today, we take our Bibles in hand and go to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 20 through 24 to finish out a message on the answering fire of God. Israel has been in a drought for three years as a judgment from God for their idolatry. The prophet of Elijah has called the people to meet on Mount Carmel, There, he has set an offering up before God, and fire has come down upon the altar in the sight of all the people. And so now we ask, why did God send fire first when what the people seemed to need was rain? We, no less than the people of Israel, deserve God's judgment. We have all too often traded God out for our own self-idolatry. And the Lord has let fall on him the iniquity of us all and accepted it with fire. Here's the third question. Why did God send fire first and not rain? Why did God send fire first and not rain? Fire also represents a purging. In the Bible, it represents a cleansing and purifying which God brings to us when he comes to us in his holiness. Once he has accepted the sacrifice he's made from us, once he has diverted the judgment that should fall upon us and received the atoning sacrifice on our behalf, the fire remains, and the fire remains to purify us and cleanse us. We read Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 in our scripture reading this morning. Let me read to you just the first three verses. There the prophet Malachi puts together the mission of John the Baptist, proclaiming the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the ministry of purpose of Jesus Christ in his coming in these three verses in Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Behold, I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. That's John the Baptist. He comes to prepare the way and make people know what the ministry of Jesus Christ is to be. And the Lord whom you will seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Isaiah speaks of this similar promise of the purifying work of God and of the Messiah in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 25 and 26. There he says, speaking, God speaking through Isaiah, I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in the days of old, your rulers as at the beginning, and afterward you will be called a city or the city of righteousness, the faithful city. I'm going to purify you and make you righteous by fire. John the Baptist, by the way, did pronounce the coming of the Lord Jesus and he told us what his purpose was in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. This is what he says. I baptize you with the water of repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gather his wheat in the barn, and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What's being promised here? The fire of cleansing is being promised. The Lord Jesus is coming, outpouring his spirit upon the people of the Messiah and those who turn to him to purge out sin from their lives. God will bring his fire onto the sin when we bring before us the sacrifice and he'll receive the sacrifice and his judgment upon the sacrifice that's made for us but then he'll leave us before the altar where the fire continues to burn and there he will leave us so that we might present ourselves before that place and that place of worship that the fire might continue to burn away the sin in our lives. The Holy Spirit is this fire. He would be the prevailing host living within us and multiplying his graces to us in the place where before there was the multiplying of the putrefaction of our sin. But to do this, he has to burn, and he has to burn on and on to burn out our sins and our impurities. He's given to us as a gift of the risen Lord Jesus. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus ascended into the presence of God. He had made the sacrifice. The sacrifice was accepted and received. Out was poured the spirit of fire still upon us on the day of Pentecost. A fire to make us holy and keep us holy. A fire of his presence within us. Why fire before rain? Why fire before rain? Fire cleanses. Rain brings growth. Fire cleanses. Rain brings growth. What do you want God to grow in your life? What do you want to see expanding and multiplying your life? A sin-possessed body committed to your own self-worship? Is that what you want to flourish? God first brings fire to burn away sin. The fire of his judgment first comes to bring a purging and purifying within our own hearts. The Bible says that we by the Spirit are to put to death the deeds done in the flesh. Fire first. Fire first. Once God has been met, once our sins have been forgiven, once the sacrifice has been made for us, the fire remains as we come before the cross. Our lives are to be before that altar and there the fire stays burning. The fire remains to purge away the sins of our flesh. And we're to let it continue to burn, to burn on. It's possible that you struggle to grow as a Christian and you've asked yourself before, why is it that God has me in this holding place? Why is it that God is not bringing on my life more rain and more blessing and more nourishment and more growth? The question that could be asked is, have you quenched or walked away from his holy fire? Before the rain can come, fire has to come first. Why isn't God giving me the lead? Why isn't God letting me progress? Why isn't there growth in my life? Why isn't there advance in my life? Why isn't there nourishment in my life? Why is there dryness in my life? Why is this drought going on? God, send me rain. God, send me rain. God, send me rain. And you know what needs to happen first? Fire! I want to bless you. I want you to grow. I want to nourish you. I want to meet you in your dryness. But I've got to burn in you. I've got to burn out yourself. Your own desire to live for yourself. Your own self-will, your own glory, you putting yourself before me. You shall have no other gods before me. I have to be everything. 
I have to be all things. I have a sacrifice for you for your forgiveness. I've received that sacrifice. I've accepted it on your behalf, my son. But now what must remain in you is my spirit, burning away and purging. You want growth in your life, but you don't want the growth of flesh. You don't want more self-infused life expanding within you, and God doesn't want it either. God wants what grows in your life to be the multiplication under the reign of his blessing and encouragement, what has been purged in the fire of his presence upon you and in you. And God will not give you rain, you better hope he doesn't, until he gives you fire first. He wants you to grow in holiness, not fleshiness. Years ago, I was at a conference and there was an old man who was preaching for the last time. He had preached for a number of years at a church in Hamilton, Ontario. His name was Robinson Sinclair. He described a uh, church in his community that had constructed this huge sign and on the sign, and I've used this illustration before, it still stands in my mind, he actually spent about 15 minutes describing this sign in great detail, and it had these huge letters, and in the letters were these flames that were drawn in through them, and then they turned the sign on, and the flame was flickering through the letters of the church and the church's name, and after he told this illustration where you're all listening and wrapped, wondering what his point was, all he said was, but... It was only neon flames. It was just neon. We don't need neon flames. Something drummed up or fabricated. We need and God offers us the flame that burns in the heart, the fire of the fullness of Christ and the Spirit burning out within us all impurities, a fire that purifies and makes us holy, a fire that says God is residing in this holy temple, claiming it as his own. We might want the reign of blessing, but first we need the fire of God. The church today prays for revival, or maybe they've even stopped praying for revival, but one time they were praying for revival. But first there has to be fire. And it must begin with us. Nothing neon, nothing fake, nothing that we try to perfect in ourselves and advertise to others, but a real flame rising from the altar of our lives as we are surrendered and utterly submitted to God. An unpleasant process, by the way. Rain is so much more refreshing. Fire burns. There's pain in it. Let's bow our heads. Can you pray with me? O fire of God, Break loose on me. Burn off the cords of my sin. Burn through self's tethers. Set me free. Your fire lighting all within. Immerse my soul into your blaze. Fan the flame of your spirit's power so I may burn and shine for you in this world's darkening hour. Burn in good fire. Burn into me all the beauty of your love, your gracious life that I may learn the gentleness of a dove. Holy fire, burn on unending, refining me in your flame. Burn that I may forever glow to the glory of your name. Holy Spirit, come. Come, my host to be. Fill me. Multiply the grace of Christ in me. Our Heavenly Father, we lift ourselves up before you, before this altar. 
where we deserve your judgment but received instead your mercy. At the foot of the cross, the fire is still burning. The Holy Spirit is still here. Christ, you've come to be made known to us in all holiness and purity. You want, O oh God, for us to escape the bondage of self and sin. To do so, you must burn still. So wherever it rises in us, it may quickly be addressed and burned away. Where it has subtly gained a foothold, and grown like a mold corrupting our lives, fire may burn over it again, sweeping over it, setting us, making us clean and setting us free from these impurities so that you might have it your house in holiness and to your glory and honor. Spirit of God, we want to be holy first and foremost. We pray the awesome and fearful prayer above everything else as we go through our days. Let your fire burn. Burn upon the offering of our lives completely set apart and consecrated to you. Burn still. And in your good pleasure and at that right time, O oh God, pour out your rain. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.